you are Locked On Dodgers, your daily Los Angeles Dodgers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So I say D, I say D-O, D-O-D, D-O-D-G, D-O-D-G-E-R-S, team, 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 Hello, Dodger fans, and welcome to Locked On Dodgers. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, the number one local sports daily podcast network. This is the daily podcast covering the Los Angeles Dodgers, bringing you the smart fans' perspective on our boys in blue. I'm Vince Samperio, Chavez Ravine Fiends, and after the weekend, we are back. And with me is Jeff Snyder of Baseball Essential. Jeff, how is it going? It's going all right. I mean, the Dodgers had a lousy weekend on the field and off the field. So uh, to the extent that my quality of life is determined by the Dodgers, it kind of sucks. But luckily, I have a wife and kids who love me and whatever. So I'm cool. Yeah. Yeah. You can survive. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So How about like you? Dodgers. You don't have anyone in your life. How are you doing? <laughs> I, uh, I'm getting by. Well, good. You know, I, I, I plug and play, you know? Yeah. Uh but yeah, like I said, Dodgers lost. I think just their second series since the All Star break. Uh, you know, two out of three to the Braves. We'll talk about that in the first half, uh, and then, like I said, off the field, Julio Urias was suspended, and be, stemming from his incident back in May, I believe. Yeah. So we will talk about that in the second half of the show. But before we get into that, a reminder to subscribe to Locked On Dodgers on the Himalaya app or wherever you get your podcast, wherever you think we sound best. And if you want to listen on your commute, all you got to do is get in your car, tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On Dodgers, and the sweet, soothing sounds of our voices will take over your speaker. All right, Jeff. So Dodgers, like I said, lost two out of three to the Braves. Uh, not too much. Nothing really too big to take away from the series. Uh, Dodgers won on Friday, lost the next two. All games were close. Uh, Dodgers offense just couldn't get enough runs on the board. So before we get into the main point of discussion with Dustin May and his first relief appearance, uh, anything stand out to you? Yeah, you know, obviously Friday's game was fun. Um, they they battled back, came back from behind, and, and basically put a whooping on the Braves. And it was kind of a continuation of the previous series, and everything was looking hunky-dory. And then Ryu inexplicably had a bad outing. Uh, and and then on Sunday, like, I mean, they had they had Max Fried on the ropes in the first inning. And, you know, even, you know, he, he threw 100 pitches in five innings. He never really even, he settled down in the last couple innings. But even in the second and third innings, they had runners on. They had opportunities and you know even in the first inning they they left the bases loaded obviously with the pitcher up it's not you know it's the nature of the national league baseball that the pitcher has to hit and sometimes it comes up with two outs and bases loaded uh but yeah it was disappointing that they couldn't tack on a few more runs uh in, in that game when they had freed on the ropes which would have helped some Obviously, they ended up losing by two runs, gave up five runs. Uh, who knows what things might have been different. And even Gonsling got a little lucky to only allow one run. He should have allowed a run in the, was it the third inning the, or fourth yeah. inning? 
anyway, when he gave up what should have been back-to-back doubles and ended up not allowing a run in the inning. So there was a lot of things that could have gone differently. But overall, like, you know, even though it sucks to lose a series, it's the Dodgers, they're really not playing for anything right now. And obviously it would have been nice to beat the Braves since they are a possible and maybe even likely postseason matchup. But, you know, I, I'm old enough to remember 1988 when the Dodgers went 1-9 and nine against the Mets in the regular season, and then they beat them in the NLCS. So regular season doesn't really mean much when you get to the postseason. Uh, the Dodgers still won the season series with the Braves. So, it you know, to the extent that it matters, okay, they won the season series. I think the Dodgers are a better team. Uh, obviously, scoreboard says they weren't this weekend, but... Ultimately, uh, it is what it is. That's you know, It's hard to get too fired up about losing a series and dropping down to, what, only 19 games ahead in the division or something? Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, obviously, like you said, you want to win every series and especially a series against a good team. But, you know, sometimes it doesn't work out. Uh, and that's why the Dodgers have a nice cushion. So they will play the majority of their games at home where they did sweep the Braves earlier this year. Uh you know, and the, I think the biggest thing was just the offense in the later innings. The Braves bullpen had really been struggling in the last two days. Uh, they didn't get to them like like we thought they would and why, how, how we know they're capable of doing. But the good thing is that, you know, they hadn't really seen Mark Lanson too much. They hadn't seen Shane Green. Uh, they hadn't seen Martin, who used to be on the Rangers. So those three guys, you know, get, just getting a look at them is more beneficial to the Dodgers than it really is to the Braves, I would say. So, uh you know, saving that storage, we've seen the Dodgers get to the best of the best in the in the of the relievers this year. So, having seen those guys is going to help if they do play them in the future in October. So, yeah. I think I like that part of it. Yeah, and because they do have the cushion, they're able to experiment with some things for October, like seeing how Dustin May does as a reliever, and and so they did that. They brought him in. Uh, it was the plan all along to to pitch May. In relief in this game, the only thing Roberts has said was he would start start a clean inning, uh, and he did. And he it started off great. He got Josh Donaldson on really weak contact the first batter, and then you know a things a few things got to him. Uh, he he walked McCann, then he gave up a base hit, then he hit a guy. Uh, he was ahead of everybody. Um, our pal Justin sent us a message on Twitter, said it looked like May just had the you know didn't have the confidence to, he, he went away from what was working for him um, when he got ahead of guys. I don't know if it was that or if it was just, you know, his command wasn't there. We, we've seen him had, have great command at times, and we've seen him have less than great command at times. And today was one of those less than great command things. And, and so I think it's, it's definitely not anything to worry too much about. Uh, Walker Bueller has told management that, he felt like he could have contributed more in 2017 in the postseason uh, if he had come up a little bit earlier and was more used to pitching out of the bullpen uh, in the major leagues. And he recommended that they do that with May. And so that's why they're doing this. And that's the whole point of building up a cushion like they have so that they can experiment with May. I think we'll see a lot of Dustin May, you know, in kind of the Julio Urias role the next couple weeks of every few days pitching a couple innings. And we'll, and we'll see how he does in relief. I, I expect he will have more good days than bad, and hopefully he will get 
accustomed to to the role and, and be able to contribute to the Dodgers in October, but I'd much rather have them find out whether he can contribute in October. I'd rather have them find that out in August and September than in October. Yeah, yeah and like the other part of it, well, you touched on it, but the other part of Justin's question, you know, that he seemed to get ahead of the guys and then went away from what was working. I don't necessarily think it was a product of trying to do too much. Uh, we've seen him struggle t- uh, finishing off batters even when he starts. Uh, obviously, we've never seen him give up five runs or four runs in an inning, but, you know, he, he's had this issue before with with finishing guys off. And, I you know, he tried to – his curveball, he tried to break one in a couple of times and it was way off. I think that's – Pretty sure that was the pitch he, he hit, uh, whoever he hit with. So, you know, he's got to try different things because he's going to be in a different role where he needs all his pitches to be working right away. He can't, you know, work off the fastball and and the and the just fastballs and, and maybe like a cutter or slider. He won't be able to do that, or he can, but uh, as a reliever, he, he has to try to get all his pitches working because he only has a short time frame to work within. So I think it's a little bit, you know, it, it's – tough to say but it's a little bit like a spring training-esque thing for him out there trying to figure out you know this new role and trying to you know push six innings of work into one or two innings of work so uh we'll see how it goes like i said i'm not too concerned he him still getting ahead of guys is the big part and him realizing that maybe his curveball is not there this year or whatever other pitches aren't there this year and he can focus on those other strengths uh will be fine moving down the line yeah and they've got six weeks to figure it out yeah. All right. Uh, you have anything else to add? I think we're good on. First I think that's half. good for the first segment. All right. We will be back in the second half to talk about the Julio Urias news. But before that, just another quick reminder to subscribe to Locked On Dodgers wherever you get your podcasts, and we'll be right back. Oh, hey Vince. So hey. it's ten thirty-eight p.m. on a Sunday night where I am. And I really, really want some chocodiles. You know chocodiles, right? They're like Twinkies, but covered in chocolate. Yes, I've heard of them. I want some chocodiles, but I don't have any chocodiles here. What am I supposed to do? How am I supposed to live like this? Well, fortunately for you, there is something called Postmates. And Postmates is your personal food delivery, grocery delivery, whatever kind of delivery, a.k.a. chocodile delivery service all year round. No, I said chocodiles. Nobody's going to deliver me chocodiles. You really think Postmates will deliver deliver me chocodiles? Well, anything you're craving, which is chocodiles at this moment, yeah. Postmates can deliver. They're the largest on-demand network in the U.S. and offer delivery from all restaurants, grocery stores, convenience stores, and traditional retailers. Anything you could possibly want or need, they can get it. But it's 1038 on a Sunday night. Well, the good thing about Postmates is that it's 24 hours a day, 365 days a year, and whatever you want will get there within the hour. I don't even know where the store is, though. The good part is you don't need to know where the store is, you know? You just, they'll find the store, they'll bring it to you, no more trips, you ain't got to get up, you ain't got to put clothes on, stay in your in your shorts, and, you know, let them bring it to you. Yeah, let's pretend I have shorts on. Um, <laughs> well, that all sounds really great. Now, if Postmates would just develop an app so I could do it from my phone, we'd be set. Well, once again, you are in luck. The Postmates app is available for iOS or Android for free. You can browse all the restaurants, all the businesses, all the stores that you want, and track your delivery in real time. They're going to probably charge me a ton to deliver, though, aren't they? Actually, 
because you listen to or because you're part of Lockdown Dodgers and because you listeners are listening to this show, Postmates is giving you guys $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days. To start those free deliveries, you just got to download the app, use code LOCKEDON, and you got 100 bucks of free delivery for a week. So anything you need, anytime you need it, even chocodiles, maybe especially chocodiles, Postmate it. Download Postmates and save with the code locked on. All right, we are back. And before we get into our discussion, uh, you know what time it is. It's time for Obscure Dodger of the Day. I went recent with this one. No real rhyme or reason. I just kind of searched uh, 2015 Dodgers. And this guy came up. And like, not that I forgot he was on the team, but uh, he wouldn't be on probably the first few guys I list from the 2015 team. And that's Alberto Callaspo. Alberto Callaspo came over from the Braves, actually. Oh, so maybe there, there's a... He was in the Uribe the, trade, wasn't he? Yes, there's the connection. He came over from the Braves with Juan Jaime, Eric Stoltz, and Ian Thomas. Uh, Dodgers sent Juan Uribe and Chris Withrow to the Braves back in 2015. He played in and no 60 games, 138 plate appearances, uh, 637 OPS, no home runs, nothing to write home about. Uh, in his career, he played 10 seasons. Actually, he was never played in the majors again after being with the Dodgers. Uh, 10 years, four with the Angels, three with the Royals, two with the D-backs, two with the A's, and then Braves and Dodgers. Uh, yeah, nothing really special or rhyme or reason for it. Uh, didn't even remember we got him from the Braves, so that worked out because they just played the Braves, so... Yeah, a couple interesting things about him. He was also involved in one other trade, or a couple of the trades in his career, but one notable one in 2010. uh, He went to the Angels from the Royals, and the Royals traded a prospect named Will Smith, who is now the Giants' closer. That Will Smith. Uh, The other notable thing about Alberto Cayaspo is he is listed at 5'9", 225, which is uh, basically like six foot four worth a man stuffed into a five foot nine body. Yeah. He, he, he was stocky. Yeah, definitely stocky. Definitely a guy that uh, didn't benefit from them or maybe he wanted to be that big because anytime your height and weight is listed, it's usually added a couple in your benefit. Okay. That'll do it for that segment. Okay. Like I said earlier, Julio Urias was suspended for 20 games. Uh, it's re- really 15 games now because he served five games during the investigation earlier this season. Uh, were other than there was enough to get 20 game suspension, we didn't learn anything new about what happened. But obviously, you know, it's it's a different way of feeling now as a Dodger fan and uh, as a Urias fan specifically. Uh, so Jeff, you know, just kind of take us through your your perspective on it yeah it the whole situation sucks you know we haven't seen the video i don't know if we ever will probably not which is frustrating uh i don't know that we need we need to um but obviously i think a lot of us would feel better if we could see i do think one thing i've learned over the last few years is that you know, when people say if police officers all just wore body cams, we'd we'd never have questions again about what happened in a shooting or whatever. Uh, but then, you know, we, we've seen things where there's video and people still argue, like just because you have something on video, people still see what they want to see. And that would still be the case here. 
people who are convinced Julio is the biggest monster in the world would still be convinced after they saw the video. People who are convinced he did nothing wrong would still be convinced after they saw the video. Uh, people like me who think it's probably somewhere in between that he definitely acted in a way he shouldn't have, uh, but isn't quite Hitler, uh, would probably still feel that way too. So I don't know if seeing the video would help anything. The thing that really sucks is the Dodgers' hands are tied uh, by the collective bargaining agreement. There's nothing they can do. Their only options are trade him or play him. Uh, they can't send him to the minors for this. They can't release him for this. The The CBA, once the commissioner's office has taken action, which they have, the team is precluded from doing anything, any form of punishment. Uh, the exact wording is, uh, I had this pulled up. Where is it? Um, no, I can't find it. Uh, if the commissioner's office does not transfer its authority, no club may take any disciplinary or adverse action against the player arising from an incident involving a covered act. So, I mean, the Dodgers literally can't do anything except trade him or keep him. And uh, obviously his value is at its lowest right now. It's different. I mean, they've, they've, he's, they signed him when he was 16 out of Mexico. He's been with the organization for years. And so they have a relationship with him. I mean, the best thing for for the chances of Julio learning from this and becoming a better person is probably for him to stay in the Dodgers organization. Obviously, we said it before in May when all this first happened, the, the most important thing is his girlfriend and if she's safe, you know. And I really, really hope that this was a one-time thing, that it wasn't... Uh, a violent act. It was a, you know, I don't know. I haven't seen the video, but I hope that she's safe because they're still together as far as I know. And I hope that, uh, that he doesn't do anything to her or anybody else in the future. Uh, ultimately that's all we can really do is hope for the best. Uh, he's been suspended, which means he violated the policy, which means he has something to learn from and hopefully he learns what he needs to learn and becomes a better person for it. And I wish there was more that we or even the Dodgers could do than just hope, but there's not really. Yeah, and I think, you know, there was a Dodgers statement. There was a statement from from Julio, or from the MLBPA on Julio's behalf. And, and I think that's really where more of the outrage, at least from what I saw, came from. Uh, obviously, the other out, the outrage from the original act was more so back when it originally happened. Uh, like I said, we didn't learn anything new other than the suspension and these statements. And, you know, I think at, we're at the point where, like you said, it, there's not too much changing how you feel about it uh, because, you know, you're, everyone's entitled to feel a certain way about it. Obviously, he did something that warranted a suspension. So, you know, you're valid in thinking whatever you want to think, however you want to think about it. And, you know, it's just, like I said, it's a tough situation all around. Uh, obviously something you, we don't want to deal with on a personal or like a human level, not just a baseball level. So it is at this point, like I said, it is what it is. They can't do much. Um, he will serve his suspension. I'm sure he'll return back to the team. Uh, after that and we'll go from there 
uh, switching a little bit, on, not rushing anything. But like, you have anything else to say before you kind of move no, to No, we can talk about – I mean, obviously there's impacts on the baseball side of things, and, yeah. and we're a baseball podcast, so we can talk about the baseball ramifications. Yeah, so two notes on that is you mentioned earlier Dustin A kind of filling that role. Dave Roberts kind of mentioned that as well. And they also said that Julio would be working out in Arizona at uh, the, the facilities and stretching out to be a potential option for a starter. So on the baseball side of things, you know, how do we feel about that? Yeah, um, I mean, I guess that's hedging the bets against, you know, in case Rich Hill isn't ready, which, you know, Robert said he wouldn't be, Friedman said he would be, and so who knows. Um, even if he's ready, who knows how good he'll be after being off for so long. So, uh, you know, basically you'll have Julio and Gonsolin and May as possibilities for that fourth starter role if Hill's not available. And, you know, Julio's as good an option as anybody, I guess. I'd probably rather have it be somebody like Gonsolin, uh, but I, I don't know. And uh, even if, if Julio isn't a starter, he might very well be a piggybacker in the postseason. Uh, and so being stretched out to pitch, you know, four or five innings might be necessary uh, in the postseason, even if he's not a starter. Yeah, I think it's just, you know, them getting, preparing for all sides of it. And like I said, Rich Hill's obviously still the main guy they would want to be that game four starter in order to strengthen the overall bullpen and have Julio in it and, and May and maybe Gonsolin as well. But, you know, they can take advantage of having guys like May and Gonsolin and, you know, my obviously Maeda's still there. They have enough in the rotation to let Rich Hill kind of work his way back and then now Julio can be an option for it and – just another point we touched on before is a pitching staff in the playoffs rather than, uh, you know, set too many set roles. Obviously, Kershaw, Ryu, and Bueller have their set roles as starters. But after that, it'll kind of be a, a mishmash of, of a staff. And having Julio able to start or relieve is something that they, they'll need to have, uh, you know, from other guys. So they'll have that from May now. They'll have it from Gonsolin. They'll have it from Julio. And uh, the other guy they have is Stripling, who will – only be a reliever so they'll have a, they're gonna figure it out and we've talked about this a lot they're gonna use these next this next month and a half to figure out what that october bullpen is like so we'll see how it goes yeah and one other thought that's totally changing gears away from julio uh kenley jansen's last two appearances have been in non-safe situations because he and dave roberts decided that kenley needs to pitch at least once every series to keep him regular and i just wanted to say my hat is off to Dave Roberts for uh, getting Kenley Jansen to be open to pitching in any situation and not just safe situations and making Kenley think it was his idea. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely a good point that you brought up and, and something that they need because we have seen Jansen go five, six days without pitching because either the Dodgers are usually it's because the Dodgers are winning and, and not in safe situations. So getting him that work and, you know, kind of how someone mentioned before, why don't they send him to AAA to get work in a less stressful environment? Well, there's another way to do that, and they found the way to do that. And everyone seems on board with it, so that's good. Yep. All right. Uh, I think that does. You got anything else, Jeff? No, we done. All right. That'll do it for today's show. Thank you for listening to Locked on Dodgers. 
the Dodgers are off today, so maybe a mailbag or we'll find another something else to talk about. It's on tomorrow's show. The Dodgers will be back home this week taking on the Blue Jays and then a fun series this weekend with the Yankees. So maybe we'll have some some Yankee talk as well. Uh, remember, you can subscribe to the show wherever you think we sound best, whether it's Himalaya, Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, whatever you use. But if you do have an uh, iPhone or and you do want to get on iTunes and, and subscribe on there, we'd grace, greatly appreciate it. Uh, if you like this show, then you have to show us. Like we said, subscribe, download, listen every day, tell your friends, tell your family, tell anybody that you think would benefit from having a Dodger podcast in their life. And also get them ratings and reviews in. We always appreciate it. The number has steadily gone up since I started taking a little more initiative and telling you guys, please go rate and review. So please go rate and review. Uh, while you are at it, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Lock on Dodgers. You can follow Jeff at Snydog. You can follow me at Vince Samperio. You can always call and leave us a voicemail, uh, 323-863-LOCK. You know, if you ever have a question or a comment or a concern, that number is there for you to call, 323-863-LOCK. We're here every weekday morning, and we hope you'll be with us. When you get in your car, tell your smart device to play a podcast, Locked on Dodgers. And remember, you don't have to agree. You just have to listen. Have a good day. We'll talk to you later. I say D-O, D-O-D-G-E-R-S. The team that's all hard, all hard and all thumbs. They're my Los Angeles, your Los Angeles, our Los Angeles. Do you think we'll really win the pennant? Bye!